church said amen. amen. Sometimes we have to do what we got to do. Amen. I know y'all probably like, when are you going to sit down? When, when him and CJ going to shut up? Let me tell y'all that every now and then the spirit starts moving and I just can't contain myself when I think about the gifts that God has given me and how he has kept me through danger seen and unseen. Y'all don't have to praise him like I do. But just let me tell you that I'm going to praise him. Because there was a time when I was wondering what would happen to me. The one and only time that I was laying in the hospital and I was like, what in the world has happened to me? And so I began to say from that time on, that it's on now, that God has delivered me from uh, a quick illness. And now I have got to give him the praise. Life is not promised. When we lay here every day, every night, whatever it is, and we don't give God any praise. We can look for things to go awry. But as we praise him, as we lift him up, as we give him glory in his house, God will bless us. I'm a living witness right here. Y'all know I love to raise my hand. So I want you to know that God kept me. And every now and then I go back to that story because I laid in the hospital for one day. And the next day they said, go home. Get out of here because you're all right. And what I was saying to myself, it was because God had delivered me. God had kept me. God had brought me through. Yeah, I hear the word, won't he do it? Y'all know it, Bill. You know it more than I know it sometimes. Some of you have been through some things. And you know that God brought you out. A mighty, mighty long way. Anyway, I'm going to get on to this sermon here so that the other preacher, the one that I have been with for so many years that loves y'all dearly and preaches her heart out. Yes, she does. Sometimes I'll be sitting there saying, I don't need to preach because I need to hear her. Yes. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to get too carried away yes. today. Preacher. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend Swan, for carrying us through this service today. From her, we appreciate it. We do. All right. The message Bible says, as it is.
there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles. But we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do. Been there? Done that. But we know God knows what to do. Hallelujah. We've been spiritually terrorized, Sister Elaine. And Sister Jackie, but God hasn't left our side. Thank you, Lord. Sister Bonita, we've been thrown down. But guess what? We haven't been broken. You know, it's one thing to be crushed by your own doing. Or crushed by the things of this world. But it's another thing when God is doing the crushing. In similar words, it's another thing when God is your troublemaker. When God is pruning you. When God is squeezing you. I know I won't get many amens this morning. But I'm just telling something that I know to be the truth right now. Every now and then, some of us God is going to squeeze. And he's going to crush. He's going to mash. He's going to cause to have suffering. He's going to cause to have trouble. And it's all to get the best out of us. Amen in the house, somebody. Hard lesson. Hard words for a hard series, but it's the truth. Anybody here been squeezed, been crushed, been pushed down? Thought you weren't going to make it, thought you were going to be broken, thought you were going to just lose your mind. I raise my hand for you. In case you don't raise your hand, I'll raise it because I know it to be the truth. In order for us to be better, and in order for us things to be left better than when we came, and in order for maximum effectiveness, God may decide to squeeze you, crush you, and push you into a corner, and press you so that the real you the strong you, the positive you, the authentic you, the excellent you. All of that will come out. I hope I got some witnesses in the house that when God does it, he has a purpose in mind. And you know, there was an a, a article I was reading and uh, for, for the life of me, I don't know why, I skipped over the name of the person and I didn't write it in this script. Uh, but the person said, what I have recently learned is that there is a refining work of God that can only come through moments of despair. Y'all know what despair is. Let Pastor Brown and Brown give you our definition. 
where you end up mentally in a state where you are going through a pressurized test. You're down in your spirit. You're depressed in your minds. I told you it was brown and brown. Y'all can get your own definition if you want. But I was, was depressed in mindset and derailed in our circumstances. You may have even hit what they call rock bottom. Rock bottom. Feeling low. Nowhere else to go. Amen, somebody? Amen. I'm just making sure I'm still in the right church. But this is the point. This author says, I believe that God and his mercy chose to crush me. Know why? It may be that I entered a season that I needed to suffer with him. I could sit back and be all academic about suffering, or I could experience it firsthand. But here's what happened. Because he crushed me, my God, the faith he gives me now is now stronger. It's more focused and has strong clarity. By walking through days that are a slog and facing nights that are unusually long, I see things that I never saw before. Has God crushed you to a point where you've learned something new? You've had an aha moment and you've seen your faith like never before. And I, I can bet that you didn't know it was God sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just blamed it all on the devil. And you went into spiritual warfare mode. You know how we can get, we all, oh, I'm going to call and throw this devil down. And whatever it is that we say when we get into spiritual warfare mode. But sometimes, it's just God growing us up. Amen. Am I right about it? Amen. I, I, I'm talking about the God who even crushed his only son. Made him become like one of us. Where his problems made him want to give up like we do sometimes. Is there a witness out there? Amen. Jesus wanted to give up. He didn't like what he was going through and no more than you would like it. But you know, God makes all things new. And God has a way, a different way to a path he wants his believers to take. And he then he has a way to make all things work out for the good of those who love him. And are called according to his purpose. I'm going to tell you a quick story and I'm going to hurry up and sit down so that the preacher can come. Praise God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Pastor I and I first got married. 
and were living in Baltimore County, there was a special occasion where we were crushed. This may not have been crushing by God. We weren't sure. We just weren't sure. We felt it was from the devil, like I told y'all before how you can feel. We wanted to go into spiritual warfare mode, but you know, they said, okay, we'll, we'll see what's going on. You see, we wanted to buy our first home. We had great credit. We even had a little bit of down payment money already sitting in the bank. So we got a realtor who showed this engineer and this nurse two young professionals with discriminating taste. Amen. Showed us every kind of house that we never wanted to see. Ain't it bad? Showed us everyone. And um, I won't use the name, but she had this little kick in her voice. <laughs> Through the lenses of the Apostle Paul. 
Moreover, in the lenses of this familiar pericope of scripture. So we pastors are going to relate spiritual crushing with some familiar fruits. This sermon's got a lot of parts in it. Therefore, we will become a part of a three-part story. So by next time we're here, we'll have another part to this. Parts of this story is going to talk about, and we'll talk about this today, the story of the olive. Next will be the story of the tomato. And next will be the story of the grape, the olive, the tomato, and the grape. They all go through a crushing process. We're going to relate it to this scripture for you. Amen. Bless the Lord. And so as I stand before you, looking at the part of that I am to play in this sermon, this series that Pastor Keith has just opened up for us, uh, just let me encourage you because the Word of God shows us right there in the Word, and I'm going to say it as plainly as I can, that even though we feel crushed, down for the count, seemingly out of the race, and wanting to let it all go sometimes. Anybody in here ever felt like just letting it go? That in the final analysis, we may be knocked down, but we are not knocked out. Somebody may need that uh, while you are here this morning. So the text says, text says, through the Apostle Paul's writing, uh, in the amplified version in the of the scripture that each of uh, us have to go through some crushing significant seasons so that God can get maximum use out of us. Amen, somebody. We, 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 we want God to use us. Amen. No, we tell this, yeah, come on, God, use me. Uh, yeah, last week we witnessed Sister Karen become Minister Karen because she said, send me, uh, I'll go. And so we, we, we have this thing where we tell God to use us. And so by saying that, uh, we need to understand that life will bring our way some very crushing moments. And as we get to verse number eight in our text, the text really does tell us the outcome. It says that we are pressured in every way. Yeah, yeah, we felt that pressure. We felt that heaviness, uh, that, uh, that hedging in, but not crushed. So if we stick a pen right there, the scripture says that we really aren't crushed. So why, why do we say crushed? Why are we calling this sermon series crushed. Well let me let me let me back up and, and, and help you to better understand 
Paul's message to this Corinthian congregation. It's always good to understand the context by which the message is coming across. So, so that you get a fuller picture, we back up a little bit to verse number seven of the text, where, where Paul is actually discussing with this church that our bodies, our physical bodies, are jars of clay. Uh -huh. uh, they, they really are uh, like clay pots, if you will. Uh, in other words, uh, made of dirt. Hmm. Mm -mm. We, no, nobody wanted to hear that. Uh, uh, but, but, but in the jar, in the clay pot, uh, is a earthen treasure all right it's a it's a treasure in 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 that jar and that treasure is the knowledge of god experienced through christ come on do i need to say that again inside the clay pot is a treasure and the treasure is the knowledge of god that is experienced through christ so, uh, this, this, this knowledge only comes when you have a relationship with Jesus. So, and, and so that means that if you are a born-again believer, if you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you are called Christian, and every Christian holds this knowledge within your frail and fragile body. Right. So, 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 so you know the truth. I, I need this church to know the truth about who we are because of Christ. So, so I'm saying that we have a supernatural power inside these dirt bodies. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. So, so we have an extraordinary power that comes from Christ and not of ourselves. Oh, come on, come on, come on, Pastor. Yeah. See, 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 because we are subject, if, if, if we're not careful, we are sometimes just arrogant and bold enough to take credit for the things that God does, uh, is doing, will do in our bodies if, if we leave it up to us to think it's, it's just us. And so he has to put in us something that is greater than we are because otherwise we would just say, well, look what I did. So Paul tells this church what he and those who have been following him had to endure. He, he, he says, we've been afflicted, we've been perplexed, we've been persecuted, and struck down. Anybody on Paul's street this morning? You see, you, you, see, you can't go through affliction persecution, being perplexed and struck down without feeling as if you are crushed. That's where the name crush comes up because it comes up in the text 
But what we want you all to know that in the grand scheme of things, Paul and his boys, Paul and the women that were with him uh, felt crushed, but they weren't crushed. So, so if anyone hears, let me set the record straight, if anyone here believes that as a believer in Christ that you will only experience uh, high days, that you will only experience good times, that you will only experience mountaintop experiences, uh, that every day the sun is going to shine in your life, uh, and that you're going to be blessed every single time uh, that you are dead wrong. Oh God, oh God. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me just help the church this morning. Uh, uh, because some of us have come to a place where our theology has gotten twisted and has shifted to think that it's all about everything going your way. And I stand here to tell you that every now and then God will allow some crushing blows to touch us. Those kind of afflictions that will come against us. Those persecutions that will threaten us. And those perplexing circumstances that, that, that will have us scratching our heads. And they come to reach us so that we might come to rely on the name that is above every name. That we will come to a place where we will come to our knees and look to, to, to the Lord. Now, 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 we told you that, that this was going to be a first part to a, a sermon series that helps us to look at the illustrations of, uh, of crushing through fruit. And so let us look at the first fruit that we talked about, which is the olive. Everybody's familiar with the olive, uh-huh. I know, I know some of you like olives in your martinis, don't you? Mm, I don't know where I saw that. But, 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 but the olive, the olive is, is, is a fruit. It's a fruit. And it, and it goes through um, three stages before we get the olive oil. People use olive oil in here. People cook with olive oil. It's supposed to be good for you. Amen. Uh, somebody. But, but, but because, because the oil really is its most useful and, and valuable commodity. Uh -huh. but, but before we can get to the oil, the, 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 the stages it's got to go through is that we, it has to be shaken. It has to be uh, beaten. It has to be pressed before we can get any oil. Uh, but after even all of this, uh, the olive tree is still able to regenerate. Oh, God. Uh, to regenerate. In other words, uh, the, the, the tree is, is able to get better and better. Uh-huh. And in other words, the tree is restored even after it seemingly looks destroyed. <laughs> so the olive, the olive, crushing times are often necessary. For the olive to be fruitful, it's got to have what is called east winds 
and west winds, okay? I'm, I'm teaching you all something about this olive on the tree. You see, the east wind is the hot and the dry wind from the desert, and it's a very harsh wind. Anybody ever felt like you've been caught up in an east wind? Amen. Somebody, I know you didn't get to this stage of life and never felt like the wind wasn't blowing pretty hard in your life. It was harsh enough to blow over green grass and to make it completely wither away in a day. And then on top of it getting with the east wind, the west wind has to hit it because the west wind comes from the Mediterranean Sea and it will bring rain, which will bring life. Anybody ever had some rain fall down on them in their life? And so they need the east wind, the tree needs the west wind coming together to make it useful. I, I, I'm hopefully we're helping somebody. So, so let me tell you a little bit more. Olives, olives, some of you may really like them, and maybe you buy them by the jar full. If you go over to stores uh, like Whole Foods, they'll have every kind of olive that you can imagine. And yeah, some you've never even seen or heard of before, but they'll have all kinds of olives. And so some people buy them uh, just to eat or to garnish or to have uh, on a on a on a uh, meat platter or whatever. Uh, but the but but olives in their natural state is bitter. It, it, it's bitter. Uh huh. Uh, and they usually should be consumed soon after they are picked. So my question to you are uh, is are you like an olive? that feel like you just need to be used by God right then, quickly, quick, fast, and in a hurry, as, as we like to say. Uh, but for the olive to really be useful, uh, it's got to go through a lengthy process uh, that includes washing it, breaking it, soaking it, and sometimes adding salt to it uh, because the salt helps to add the flavor. In other words, it's a long time of waiting for the olive to be cured of its bitterness so that the olive will be made useful. So anybody here, are you going through this process so that you can become better and less bitter? That's just a question for the church this morning. Uh -huh. so, so crushing is not the end, but a beginning. You see, Lisa Turkhurst, uh, and she, she, she is a woman of God who, who does a lot for the kingdom of God. She writes in an article, she says that crushing is the way of preservation for the olive. It's also the way to get the most valuable, the oil, out of the olive. Uh, so Pastor Brown want you to know that even when you are yet crushed, and even when God has brought the crushing to your door, know that he is getting the best value out of you so that we can yet hold on. So in years past, in years past, those of you 
uh, who have been around a while, you will know and remember that November has always been uh, what we call our prayer emphasis month, where we spend the month of November really uh, looking at scripture and having times of prayer, where we focus really on helping us to develop disciplined prayer lives. Uh, but November is also not, not just uh, RCM2 prayer uh, emphasis month normally, but it's also the month of Thanksgiving. So, so this is the month that we celebrate things that we are thankful for in our lives. Amen, somebody. So let us look at the scripture on everything with prayer and supplication. You see, the first thing I want you to know is that uh, we get hard-pressed. Anybody ever called your friend on the phone and say, man, or, or, or my sister, I am hard-pressed. Life has dealt me some stuff. And I feel hard-pressed. Hard-pressed, when we think about something uh, that's hard-pressed, maybe, maybe, maybe we can liken it to uh, the process that uh, hard-boiled eggs go through. Mm -hmm. you, you see, in order to get a hard-boiled egg, this got to get into some real hot water. Amen, Amen somebody. You, you don't get a hard-boiled egg just oh, taking it out the refrigerator and laying it on the counter. It's got to go through a process. You need to put it in some hot water. And when it comes out, uh, that's when you get the product. Come on, somebody, that you are looking for when you want a hard-boiled egg. you got to go through something hot and some things that are tough to change you. The same thing with the egg. When uh, things uh, stiffen you like quick sets, uh, quick sets, uh, concrete. Anybody ever seen how quick set concrete they lay it all out there and after a while it's, it, at first it starts out, you know, you know, you can, you can mash it down pretty easy but it doesn't take too long before it sets. And then it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. People like to use that because it doesn't take too long to get the product that you're looking for. Deep, deeply Wounded hard moments. Anybody ever had any of those in life? Those hard times when we can compare ourselves to others and we are ourselves, uh, uh, we are going through that crushing time, that uh, being pressed down. Uh, and you feel all alone and perhaps un unprotected, like the character uh, that Jill Scott played in that movie uh, that Tyler Perry did some years ago that, that seems to come on every weekend. Uh, uh, why did I get married? You see, when, when she learned, when she learned of her husband's infidelity and she was distraught by what she found out sitting at the at the breakfast table with her friends uh, uh, that were witnesses uh, and, and she picks up the wine bottle and she hits him over the head uh, with it because she don't even know uh, uh, what is happening uh, in her life that, 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 that's a, a tough moment for her a moment of distress and, and despair in that moment but but when she finds her way with the with the sheriff out 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 on the mountaintop standing there in the snow with the snow coming down with tears in her eyes and she says to him I can't even pray about it. 
Anybody ever been in a situation where you felt like the words of prayer escaped your mind? So she admits her, her deep pain. In other words, she is so crushed, so deeply hurt, so wounded in places that she never thought she would ever be wounded in. That's what can happen sometimes in those crushing seasons. Let us look, let us look beyond the movies and let's look beyond uh, our own selves and, and let us look in the word of God again and we find our eyes in the gospel of John, the 18th chapter, verses 1 and 2, where it says, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples uh, and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove. And he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, knew the place. Because Jesus had often met them there with his disciples. Commentary teaches us that Jesus often met in the shadow and the shade of the olive tree. And so in John chapter 18, it's talking to us about that garden of Gethsemane. We, we're familiar with the garden of Gethsemane where Mark's, Mark's gospel said it was just before Jesus got arrested where he said, my soul is overwhelmed. I'm, I'm talking about being crushed this morning with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus even understood then uh, what, what it felt like to feel like the weight of the world is down and pressing down upon you. He felt crushed because he was at the height of his assigned crushing period. He knew though that this particular crushing time was necessary and this would soon be over. So that's why the Apostle Paul said in the King James vernacular that we go as we go through the trials of life, we are pressed on every side, but not crushed. The Apostle Paul made another statement in the scripture. The B clause that's related to the crush when he said that we are perplexed but not in despair. This means that just as we go through that crushing process, it feels like we are being crushed because sometimes it can get so confusing and this confusing helps us to feel all the more crushed even to the end result that we feel like we are in a place of despair. But since we are not actually crushed even by God himself, because there is a way out for the believers of Jesus, we don't have to fall into that depression. We don't have to succumb to despondency. We don't have to claim a total discouragement or distrust. Yeah. A distress. In other words, we 
his own earthly body be shaken and beaten and crushed and broken. Yet he was able to come back from even all of that fully restored with all power in his hand. But he did it, church. I need you all to hear me when I tell you this. He did it so that we, me and you, me and you, before we were even a twinkle, as they say, in our parents' eyes, so me and you, so we could be rebuilt, so that we could be repaired, so that we could be readjusted to the hope that is in Christ Jesus. In Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Because I want to remind you that even in those seasons when we feel like we are being crushed to death, just remind yourself that he is working out the bitterness in you, the bitterness from people who have failed you, people who have disappointed you, people who may have abandoned you because he wants to get rid of the bitterness and usher you in to your betterness. The next time, the next time we talk to you, from the standpoint of being crushed, we're going to come from the talk about as it relates to the tomato. So you all hold on. 